Uh, in our men's power lunch, we've spent the entire year, and it's, it's really hard to believe, it, again, it's gone by that fast, but we spent the entire year looking at us as men seeking to live as Christians, seeking to live as followers of Jesus Christ, being led by God's Word. And we started this year, last year, uh, I thought, you know what, we need to go back and see what God's Word says to us as men, and we need to apply it to our life. And so we spent the entire year uh, looking at what it looks to, like to live as a Christian uh, adhering to God's Word. Each week, if you remember, we looked at the biblical man and then a certain subject. And we talked about the biblical man in his home, his family, his relationships, his language, uh, all this stuff, his finances, his job. Uh, we covered a whole large variety of subjects, uh, all of it being instructed by God's Word and then us desiring to, to follow him as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll just tell you, I pray that it has made a difference this year. I pray that it will continue to make a difference and that we continually would turn and then we would live according to the word of God, what he has said in his word. And if I haven't said this enough, all the way from January last year to December this year, the best thing that could happen in our homes, the best thing that could happen to our wives, the best thing that could happen for our kids, the best thing that happened in our finances, our jobs, in our churches, would be that men, and I'm talking about real men, would stand on and would live according to the truth of God's word. Uh, that's what needs to happen, and that's what uh, needs to take hold, and that's my prayer uh, over the course of this year. Well, in these last two weeks, uh, I really wondered what subject, or maybe what subjects to conclude with. Again, we've covered a whole big swath of different subjects, and I came uh, to this, this conclusion today. Uh, we're going to end this week and next week looking at the biblical man and the church. The biblical man and the church. And we're going to look at two truths. We're going to talk about it today, but we're going to look at two truths very closely. The first truth is this. You need the church. You need the church. As Christian men, you, we need the church. And then the second thing we're going to look at next week is that the church needs you. The church needs you. Now, uh, the reality is uh, for many of us, for some reason, we've been conditioned to believe to, that the church is an add-on or the church is a supplement or church is, is something that's a good thing, but it's not really a necessary thing. Or, or maybe we even know that it's an important thing, but we really don't see it as a vital thing. And I see men and I talk to men and maybe you tell the same story and they say, you know what, uh, yes, I'm a Christian, yes, I want to follow Christ. Uh, but you know what? I worship on my own. And you know what? When I'm at the lake and I'm fishing, that's how I worship. Or when I'm, when I'm at the deer blind and I'm out there by myself, that's how I worship. Or, or somebody else will say, you know what? Uh, I'm not one of those guys that goes in for organized religion. And I'm glad you all have your church, but I'm not going uh, for organized religion. Or, or, or somebody else might say, you know what? And that guy actually told me this. God and I have a deal. God and I have a deal worked out. And I try my best uh, but church really isn't that big of a deal in my life. Or, or another guy will say, you know what, my wife and my kids go to church, and I encourage that, and I'm thankful for your church that my wife and kids go there, but, but I'm busy, or I really don't fit into church life, or I'm not really a church type of man. And I hear all those things, but I want to tell you today, here is the, here is the truth, and it is this. Listen very carefully. If you are not actively, consistently, 
participating in the life of a Bible-believing church, your walk with Christ is hindered and you are outside of the will of God. And that's the truth. Listen to that again. If you're not actively, consistently participating in the life of a local Bible-believing church, your walk with Christ is hindered and you're outside of the will of God. The fact is this. You need the church, and the church needs you. So today we're going to look at the question again, why do you need the church? Why do you need the church? That's our our focus today. First off, let me say this today. Uh, It is God's plan for you. Uh, When you make an individual decision to follow Jesus Christ, and, and you make that as an individual, your mom doesn't make that, your granny doesn't make that, your spouse doesn't make that for you, you individually make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, God places you in a community. Do you understand that? You make an individual decision to follow Christ, but then God places you in a community. Really, uh, God never intended for a Christian to operate outside of a local church. That's not biblical. You go back and look at the church in the book of Acts. He never intended for a follower of Christ to operate outside of a local church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says this. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body. That's an analogy for the church. Just as he desired. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. So again, our question then today is this. It is God's plan. So why do you need The church. As a man desiring to follow Jesus Christ, why do you need the church? I'm going to give you three reasons today why you need the church, why we need the church. First reason is this you need the church to grow in God's Word. You need the church to grow in God's Word. You need a church to help you, guide you, encourage you, train you, teach you as you grow. In God's word. Now, now be clear about this. Think about this. God, in His wisdom, He builds the church. It's His institution. When you put your faith in Christ, He placed you in the church. But think about what He does in the church. God, in His wisdom, blesses the church with a pastor who is charged with the feeding and the care of the sheep. Now, the Bible tells us very clearly that that pastor will answer for that. And God's plan is for you to grow under the faithful, careful preaching of God's Word. Did you hear that? God's plan is for you as a Christian to grow under the faithful, careful preaching of God's Word. If you are missing that, your Christian walk is hindered. Now let me say this to you. Not every person with a pulpit is a God-led, God-honoring preacher of God's word. In fact, today, I'll just tell you very honestly, uh, there's a lot of kooks in pulpits today. There's a lot of goofballs in pulpits today. There's a lot of evil men that that are posing as preachers, preaching the truth in pulpits today. And you say, well, how do I know? Very simply, if he is not preaching the Bible, he is not preaching. Simply, if he's not preaching the Bible, he's not God's preacher. So not only that, here we go. He puts you under a preacher and and you need to hear God's word preached. Not only that, he also places gifted teachers 
in the church. The Bible tells us of those teachers, they're held to a high standard as well. And so in the same way, you grow as you sit under and as you participate in the teaching of a godly teacher. That's God's plan. And so understand today, the very first thing is this. You need the church to grow in God's word. If you're not actively participating in that, your Christian walk is hindered and you're outside of the will of God. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. And maybe we, maybe we didn't see this, and for sure a bunch of us probably don't like this. Second thing is this. You need the church to be held accountable to God's word. You need the church, the fellowship of the church, to be held accountable to God's word. Very simply, sometimes we need correcting. Sometimes we need guidance. Sometimes we need to be held accountable. When I think about that, I think I can remember back, it goes by very quickly, but I can remember back to the spring of 1992. Uh, I went to Texas Tech and I went through spring football with Texas Tech there in Lubbock. Uh, I remember meeting with the team before the, before the, the spring season, the spring workouts start, and, and they talked about the goal. In fact, they had a big old board there in the, in the locker room, and the goal was to win a certain number of games. They'd won this the previous year. They thought, you know what, we want to win this many games. Their goal was to be in a, in a bowl game. That time you had to win seven games to be bowl eligible. Their goal was to be in a bowl game. They'd been in a bowl game the year before. Their goal on this board was to win the Southwest Conference, uh, one, of their, one of their big plans. And you look around as, as we meet, and, and all these great players and there's a couple of guys there that are all Southwest Conference, and they're sitting there, and there's, there's two of them there that are, that are all American players, and they've returned, and they're sitting there, and here's these goals, and here's these great players, and everybody's committed to the goal. Everybody wants to achieve the goal. Everybody wanted a Southwest Conference championship ring, but I noticed this the very first day. When we went out, and when we practiced, and when practice was over, they said, everybody on the line, we're going to run gassers down their back, down their back, across the football field. Uh, for the linemen, you have 35 seconds. If you're not going to make it in 35 seconds, we're going to add another gasser. Uh, we're getting ready to run sprints. The offensive coordinator held a clock in his hand, held a stopwatch in his hand. And I thought, you know what, all the way back to seventh grade with Coach Turner out here at the, at the little middle school, intermediate school, you have to hold a clock in your hand. The goal was there, the kids were there, the players were there, the, everybody wanted to achieve it, and yet we still had to be held accountable. Understand, in the community of the church, we are held to a higher standard. In the community of the church, we are held accountable. In the book of Titus, it says that the old men have to live according to this standard, and they set an example for the younger men. Timothy says all of us, we look to the word of God and it corrects us and it rebukes us. Paul says in, in several places in his letters, the church has the duty to, to hold to this standard and to correct those that fall short of this standard. Bottom line is this, we do better in the fellowship of Christian men. As a man seeking to follow Christ, you do better, I do better, we do better in the fellowship of Christian men. There's times you need somebody to say, you know what, that, I, I've done that, and that didn't work out. And you can do that, and I tried that. You know what, it, it, didn't, it didn't end well for me in my home. Or you know what, here's a good thing for you to do. We do better in the fellowship of Christian men. You know why you need a church to be held accountable? Third thing is this. 
We need the church to be encouraged as we stand on the word of God. We need God's church to help us learn and to know God's word. We need the church to help hold us accountable to the standard of God's word. But we need the church also to be encouraged as we stand on the truth of God's word. If you don't know this by now, if you haven't figured this out by now, if you decide I'm going to stand as a biblical man, and you say, you know what, I'm not worried about this and I'm not worried about public opinion and God has ordained and said these things to me and I'm going to live according to his word. If you decide to do that, you're going to go against the flow of culture. If you decide to do that, you're going to go against the flow of what's politically correct and what is accepted today. In fact, if you decide to do that, you're going to go against your own nature. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be tough and you're going to need to be encouraged. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 says, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today. Be urgent in encouraging one another. And then Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. This is talking to us as the church says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Hold to the truth without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Hold each other accountable. Verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together. We have to come together. We have to participate, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That day I believe we're living in, tough days, hard days. If you're going to stand for the truth of God's word, you're going to go against a sorry culture that's headed in a different direction. You are going to need the church to encourage you. Best thing, let me tell you, the best thing you can decide to do today is this. As a man who decided, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And I put my faith in him as my Lord and Savior. As a man who says, you know what, I'm going to be driven by his word. And it's going to lead how I live and how I interact with all relationships in my life. The best thing you can decide today is this. I'm resolved to commit to my local church. And I'm going to actively and I'm going to commit consistently participate in the life of my local church. God will take that and he will bless that and he will use that. If you have a church, walk in, commit, passionately serve in that church. If you're not participating in a church, find a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, gospel-focused church and belong to that church. God will take it. God will bless it. God will use it. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you today. I'm thankful for your gift of the church. Maybe we've, we've failed to see it that, but, as that, but you have given us a church to teach us, to train us, to encourage us, to, to hold us accountable, that together we would walk, together we would serve, together we would point a lost world to you. Help us to understand we need the church. It's, it's not an add-on. It's not an addition to but it's vital to our Christian walk. I, I pray that you'd forgive us where we've been off track but help keep us in that, in that perspective, with that focus, 
Let us commit to our local church. I pray for the men in this room today. Bless them. Lead them. In no other generation has there been a need for men to stand as the biblical Christ-honoring man that leads his home and leads his wife and leads his kid and then, and then comes and leads and serves in the church that the world would see the truth of the one true living God. Help us to be those men. We, today we just come and tell you we love you and we praise you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.